This is Nigel Gordon-Ray and you're listening to This Is Bodybuilding. Come in, relax, take your shoes off, and get ready to listen to This Is Bodybuilding Abroad. My name is Daniel Lansfield, and on today's episode, I'm going to speak to Nigel Gordon-Ray. And I'd understand if you don't know who Nigel Gordon-Ray is. Um, Nigel has been the compare or MC for the NABBA universe for more than 20 years. I, I, I mean, I, personally, I, I can't imagine a universe without him. Um, that sounded slightly more romantic in my head than... Anyway, um, no, that... Anyway, I'm getting confused. It's... Well, it's actually quite late. Nigel Gordon-Ray has been involved with NABBA from uh, outside of the administration. He's uh, compared the NABBA universe for well over 20 years. He has one of the most recognisable voices. It's, uh, it's the sort of voice that... It's more than just a voice for radio. It's the sort of voice that you'd think... It's like uh, warm caramel in your ears, um, and I'm sure. Again, I'm, I, <laughs> he, he's the sort of person that that I've looked up to for a very long time as a as an inspiration um, through you know, emceeing shows back in Australia. Um, so yeah, whenever I whenever I think uh, I'm in a, a bit of a, a bit of a bind on stage, I think, all right, what would Nigel do? Um, he always carries himself with absolute decorum. He's a, a true gentleman, and uh, he has some some really great insights from the other side of the the other the, the other side of the, the of the stage. Um, he, you know, he doesn't judge. He doesn't. Uh, well, he's not a competitor, but he has a very unique insight into the world of bodybuilding. And again, you know, he, he's seen more world champions. He's introduced more world champions to the stage than probably anyone else on the face of the planet. Um, and he's uh, he's a really really great guy. So a great episode today. As always, it's brought to you absolutely free on SoundCloud and iTunes. If uh, you would like to support the podcast, get over to Facebook slash This Is Bodybuilding and click like. So yeah, the NABBA Universe is tomorrow. Nigel's going to be on stage. Uh, we were actually going to be on stage together next weekend at the WFF World Championships. Unfortunately, the date for that contest was moved from the 5th to the 6th of November and uh, Nigel had a prior engagement here in England. So while he's comparing uh, the NABBA show here in England, I'll be comparing the WFF show in Ireland. And I like to think there's going to be some kind of a, a mental synergy between the two of us across the, across the British Isles. Um, maybe, maybe not, probably not. But uh, I'll, I'll definitely be thinking of him, and I hope he thinks of me. Um, anyway, uh, enjoy the show. It's a, it's a really nice episode. A little bit of a shorter episode today. Um, we didn't have a lot of time. We were talking in amongst the registrations for the NABBA universe. So, again, a shorter episode, but good quality conversation. Enjoy the show. That's recording. Nigel Gordon Ray, welcome to Birmingham. Good to see you, Daniel. You've <laughs> you come too. a bit long, a bit further than I have. Today. A little bit further, yeah, <laughs> a little bit further. That's uh, twenty-five hours, I think. Incredible. How how far was the journey for you? About two. Oh, that's that's <laughs> much better. I think I'll move to England and 
So you've been comparing the universe for 20... It's got to be just... Yeah, it's got to be... 25 years? I think so, around. I was trying not, to I'm 30 this year, so yeah, I think you've been doing it since the early 90s. Yeah, incredible. Yeah. Time flies by. Absolutely flies by. So do you remember the very first universe that you yeah, were the, part of? Um, the very first one, um, I'm almost sure, was in... Uh, in Blackpool. Okay. And then uh, the venues changed after about four or five years and mm. we went down to Kidderminster on one occasion and then yeah. to the ICC on another mm. and then up to Southport, mm. which has been there, for, I guess, for the last, I don't know, 10 years or something yeah. like that. We're coming back and to the ICC here in Birmingham. Uh, it's superb venue. Yeah. Absolutely incredible venue. Uh, I, I had dinner with uh, Val and jim charles the other night and they were right. saying that uh jim ran it here about 15 years ago that's right uh and then the following year they wanted to bump up the price a lot so yeah. <laughs> that's when they moved it to southport that's right um but obviously you know with with the, the success worldwide that nab is experiencing um yeah they've been able to bring a little bit more prestige back to the the universe venue which yeah. is a good thing are you looking forward to the show tomorrow i am in fact the theater we're going to be in is where the conservatives that's the current government yep. have their conference in okay. and the acoustics are so <laughs> superb you, you could even do it without a microphone really but, oh absolutely and it's uh, would you uh, ever try it without a microphone um n well i would but the point is is that's not good for television um, or for radio so yeah. it's it's key technically to have a a mic and because they get like absolute production from that so yeah. it's whilst it's tempting uh, it's always best to err on the technical <laughs> side, yeah. So how did you get involved with NABBA? Obviously, you're not a, a competitor. No. But yeah, you're, you're, you're a person that's been involved with NABBA for a long time. Yeah. Um, and you're, you've got a very recognisable voice. I certainly recognise your voice yeah. anywhere. Um, but yeah, how did you get involved? Well, what first? happened was I'm a, a professional presenter, so I do things outside of NABBA. Yeah. And uh, I'm also a professional Toastmaster as well, so... I've done like a state banquet, I've done dinners, uh, weddings, award ceremonies and so forth. But to answer your question, what happened was, um, down in the south where I live, mm. I went to a bodybuilding show uh, as a, a guest. Okay. And the compere didn't turn up. Ah. And so the promoter, who was on the council of NABBA, yep. uh, asked me to do it. Uh, and it was literally, hey, look, the MC hasn't come, will <laughs> you do it? So normally... I would have said no because preparation is absolutely key. But yeah. to help him out, I said, yeah, I'll do it. And it went from there. And uh, he took me to uh, Blackpool. He introduced me to the uh, committee. Mm -hmm. uh, I was then asked to uh, compare, joint compare the show with the, the guy, the incumbent guy. Yep. And uh, he turned around after, I think it was one show, Colin Norris, I'll never forget the name. Yep. And he turned around and said, Nigel, like, hey, look, <laughs> you, you do it. And, it. and it's happened since then. So that's, you know, you've obviously seen a lot of people on stage. You've seen a lot yeah. of emotion backstage. Most people never get to see the backstage uh, antics that go on, I suppose. Yeah. Um, have you got any stories about well, backstage nonsense? or? Two or three, yeah, I can tell you two or three. In fact... Let me tell you, in all the time that I've been comparing these shows, I've never had one ounce of trouble from any of the bodybuilders. Mm. I've asked them to be there on time, they're there. Uh, I've asked them to be ready to go on, they're there. Yep. Um, 
there's been a couple of exceptions, right? Okay. And uh, one of them, I mean, I won't name names because yeah. that would be wrong, but one of them turned around and said, uh, tell Nigel I'll be 10 minutes. <laughs> and I turned around and said to the guy, you go and tell him that if he ain't on stage now, he's not going on. And by magic, he suddenly appeared. <laughs> and uh, he said, sorry, I was a bit, bit um, pumped up with my... Uh, anticipation and so forth, <laughs> so forgive me. There was another one where um, he actually threw his trophy on the stage. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Wow. And because uh, he was, he thought he should have won it. Yeah. And uh, so I thought, I've got to do something here because he just didn't casually throw it. He just yeah. really threw it down on the stage. So I closed the curtains, got the curtains closed. And I was talking to him backstage, trying to placate the guy, you know. Yeah. And... Um, Suddenly, there was a bodybuilder behind me, about four times my size, you know, <laughs> saying, you know, what the hell are you getting involved for, and so on and so forth. Yeah. So I just said, look, you know, this sport is a bit more important than mm. thinking you should have won, and you're a bigger man if you didn't, and you accept it. You yeah. know? Because clearly, the guy, who, the judge's opinion was, he was better than you. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I turned around and put my hand on this guy's bicep. Well, I tell you what. Daniel, there was still six inches either side of my Ooh. hand, you know. <laughs> so, uh, I, but I just maintained my position, and um, so they both backed down and w were happy. The show ended about an hour later, and I went to my car. And as I approached my car, there were three guys, including the guy, put my hand on it. I thought, oh shit, here we go. <laughs> and uh, as I walked to the car, and this is the truth, yeah. the guy who's bicep I, I, you know, I yep. held and kind of warned him off said Nigel he said we're here to apologize and he said That's we were totally out of order and you know it should never have happened and they were only it's nice to hear bodybuilders can be polite absolutely well and I can tell you the ones all the ones that I've met have been yeah. and um, they because people ask me why I don't stay on stage for example after I've an announced the first guy yeah and then I come on when the, the last one in the class comes on. And the reason for that, Daniel, is very important because the audience haven't come to see me. Mm. They've come to see the athletes. And the athletes have trained very, very hard. Yeah. And so my view is, hey, look, I'll introduce the first one, then I'll back out of it, and th then the next guys have got the total focus of the audience. Because yeah. if I'm standing there, then they can be distracted. Mm. you know, And that's why I do it. And... Um, so I've, I know the training they, they do because I, I trained professional sportsmen myself at one time, so I know the work that they go in. I was an athlete at one stage, so I know the work they have to do. So what was your sports background? Sprints. Sprints. So I was a sprinter initially, okay. about 100 and 200, and I represented the Royal Navy and the Combined Services. Oh, wow. And uh, I wasn't too far away from an international vest, but mm. in England the competition was very hot. Yeah. So... Uh, but I was born in Malta, and so I qualified by by birthright, if you like, yeah. to represent them in the Commonwealth Games. Going back in, I think, 1970, not wanting to give my age away. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, sadly, I pulled my hamstring about three weeks before Ooh. the game, so I didn't compete. Hey, you've obviously compared shows around the world. Yeah. What's your favourite location? That's a difficult one. I mean, Malta's obviously a, a beautiful, yeah. a beautiful place. Yeah, I, I, I tell you, everyone, everyone I've been to, you know, I, there's a good reception and the, and the audiences are good. Um, the one, I, I guess, the the country that 
has been amazing to me has been Ireland. Yeah. Because I do the Northern Ireland Championships and I do the Republic Championships. Great people, very friendly. They made me very welcome. Mm. And, you know, when I arrive, you know, everything is done. And it really is a real pleasure to go over there. And in my home country, of course, um, I guess one takes that for granted. Mm. But, do you know, the theory that I have is if I treat every show which I do as my first, then okay. I, you don't get arrogant, you know, yeah. because a lot of presenters can get up their own ass, excuse my language, yeah. and think they're bigger than the athletes and so forth. So I don't. I, I prepare well. Um, I like to um, make the athletes feel great because they've come all this way in their mm. training. And uh, that's important to me. So maybe you give me some advice then. Uh, <laughs> what do you do to prepare for a show? Right. First of all, um, I need the running order of the show from the promoters. Mm -hmm. I need an idea of the number of athletes that's involved. I need any odd stories that they might know about of some of the athletes. Some may have just got married. Some may have just um, had children. Some may be their first competition. Yeah. So whilst I don't necessarily use all that information, mm. if I've got to ad lib, then I recall that information and then I can introduce it. But the key thing is, is to link each class seamlessly. Mm. So I'm very dependent on my backstage team. Yeah. So I make sure that, that they're okay and I make, sh and I make sure that they uh, are looked after. Yeah. Because if I announce a class on stage mm. and suddenly there's a pause or a long gap, then I've got to spend time ad-libbing to, to fill that gap. Mm. And that's something that thankfully comes naturally. Mm. But, I mean, based on the information I gather before the show, then... I can assimilate that while I'm comparing, you know. It, it is a very difficult thing if you've got a, a show that, you know, with 150 competitors, I think, uh, speaking with Val Charles, the, they said that there's about 150 on stage tomorrow. Yeah. yeah that, that, that's a long day. It it's is. a very long day. And if you're on your feet for most of that day, I, I have a tendency just to not sit down unless yeah. I have to. Um you know, how do you deal with fatigue? Well, obviously, you, you're a seasoned professional at what yeah. you do, but uh, if you've got a, an eight or twelve-hour day yeah. ahead of you, you know, you're not doing it every single day of the week. No. So, you know, it's a it's a lot of pressure on your yeah. on your body as well as that's your right. vocal cords and your mind. Well, that's a great question because what I do is that I psychologically split the day into two halves, mm. like the judging, um, because there's time spending doing the. Uh, comparisons yeah that gives me a little bit of time to sit down if i have to yeah so i pace myself okay and then at f four o'clock when the judging ends i then do my final preparation for the show okay. so in other words i get the appearance sheets i get the results and i put everything in order mm. and i'm ready to go again two hours later but here's the thing when before i step out on stage for that show i've got to forget that I've been there all day. Mm. And just, you know, my mindset is just get in there, start again from the beginning. Yeah, just, just, <laughs> very just, loud. just start again. Yeah, yeah. You know, and... Uh, oh. <coughs> and then the interesting thing is, Daniel, from the, the, the first class, 
it's like um, when you do a joke, you do a stand-up and you do a joke. Yeah. That's when you've got to have it absolutely right. Get the first class introduced, mm. get the individual routines over, get the presentation done, yep. and then you're on your way. And once the audience is uh, laughing and having a good time, well, yeah, it's a lot easier to, to deal with on a, on a more personal basis. It's, That's right. It is very tough. If you've got an audience of four or 500 people, trying to cr- or, or a 1,000 people, or yeah. you know, tomorrow it could be up to 2,000 people, yeah. Yeah, it, it can be very difficult to try to create an intimate environment. Exactly. In a hall the size of the Symphony Hall yeah. here, you know, it's very difficult. Do you have any... Uh, you know, is there anything you're going to be drawing on tomorrow to try to create well, that personal relationship with the audience? Right. Well, the first thing I do is, when you come on stage, I never look down. Never. I always look towards the back of the audience. Yep. The reason for that is, is if you're sitting in the back row, you think I'm looking at you. Okay. Right? Yep. So the key thing is never to look down and just... Um, and when you're talking, you, you pan the audience. Yep. So you go left, right, middle, yep. and you vary it. Okay. And you vary the modulation of your voice as well, because mm. that's very important. If you go on and, you've, and your tone is you know, just constant, mm. then the, and you do happen to look down, yeah. and you see 400 people asleep, <laughs> that's not very good news. <laughs> you know? So the idea is modulate your voice, mm. look to the very back of the audience, so that they get this impression that you're looking at them. Yeah. Smile when a smile is you know, required. Mm. And don't take yourself too seriously. Mm. And, um, and I've never done that because the audiences are very clever. Yeah. If you walk on stage and you walk on arrogantly and you go up, because don't forget, that lectern is a barrier between you and the audience. Mm. I don't like using a lectern, really, but you have to. Yeah. to for the, uh, yeah, so nice. what you've got to do is you've got to get over that barrier. Because yeah. normally when I'm doing a seminar or something, yeah. Yeah. I'm out front. I'm there's no barrier there, yeah. Yeah. and that way it works. Okay, you know. So that was that's a very good question. Uh, Have you ever been in singing? You seem like you've got the <laughs> yeah. Well, a, vo- a, a voice for crooning or well, I have done that. I must admit. And when I've been with the guys, we go on our boys' holiday. Yeah, and. Uh, Pull out the karaoke machine. They make sure I do that. <laughs> they make sure I do that. So I have been known to uh, to do that. Yes. Yeah. Outside of bodybuilding, and obviously this is not your full time job. No. Um, obviously, you, know, you do professional voice work as well. What do you do for fun? Um, well, just to go back to the business side as well. I'm, yeah. I'm also like a business consultant outside of yeah. of comparing and so forth so the the day job is i'll go into companies ascertain what they're doing at the moment and then suggest to them that they may go in this direction or that direction Um, i've also run a large hotel Mm. so i'm very au fait with that yeah and i'm also or i consider myself to be a customer service specialist so i can go into again organizations mm. and because of my background and what I've done yeah uh, I'm very much a people's guy and so I can encourage directors of companies that yeah. their people are the most important asset they've got mm. and to to make sure to get the best from them they've got to treat them well mm. or in other words treat them as they would like to be treated you know it's good good uh, good advice for yeah. bodybuilding yeah I think and but as I say what do I do for pleasure at the, at the moment um, because I've got all these various shows going on, it, yeah. the weeks fly by very quickly. Yeah. I still work out in the gym. Yep. Uh, I 
I'm involved with uh, my local rugby club. I'm a vice president of that. Mm-hmm. I used to do all the fitness at the club yep. for about 12 years. So I'm helping them with their commercial side, mm. you know, raising sponsorship and so forth. Mm. So it, life's, life's good. That's good. You know, good. Busy. <laughs> I saw you, you, you're a photo of you recently with a, looks like, what looked like a new car. Well, th- I've had that car for a couple of years, believe it or not. But w- the problem is with me, I hate driving a dirty car. So my car gets washed. I mean, I've got to get out more often, but it gets washed like <laughs> twice a week minimum. Oh, wow. And uh, I've, I've got these guy, Romanian guys who, they're unbelievable. Yeah. And they spend about half an hour on it every time I take it in there. So it's, it's good. It's money well spent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so ha- how long are you going to be in Birmingham? I'm uh, here for the show tomorrow, and then I go back home on Sunday. Okay, so you just yeah. as a quick uh, drive-in, drive-out. Yeah. Um, have you seen many of the? Or you, obviously, you would have seen some of the competitors who will be here tomorrow um, at the was it the England? Yeah, they, they the would have been the Britain, the Britain, that's Britain it. finals, yep. and then they've got the regional finals like the UK, yep. um, and like the uh, uh, the England and so on. And so there's about um, eight or nine regional finals, yeah. and then you've got the Britain finals. Is there any uh, any particular competitors that you're looking forward to seeing again? Well, all of, all of them, to be honest yeah. with you, because uh, as you can imagine, I don't have much time to kind of get to know these guys because, mm. you know, they come backstage and, you know, we, we can't chat because they're ready to go on and yeah. so forth. And, uh, and I don't spend, and that's the other thing I was going to say to you, when I'm doing a show, believe it or not, I'm in bed like um, 10 o'clock, 10.30 at night, mm. I won't stay up until the hour, early hours of the morning. And the main reason for that is because the promoters are paying me to do a job. Yeah. And if I go on stage the following day tired, tired yeah. then it, it comes across. Mm. You know? So uh, I have to be very very mindful of that. Mm. And plus, I don't, I don't, I've never drank. And, uh, so the night before a show? Or? No, I never, never, I've never been drunk in my life. Really? Never. That's uh, never. That's not once. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe we'll see what we can do yeah. tomorrow night. No, no, <laughs> not once. But uh, I'll have one drink and then yeah. that's it. Okay. But that's just the discipline I've built with yeah. myself over the years. You know. That's what you, over the years as well, you would have. While it's difficult to, to build a, a good rapport, oh, not a good rapport, but I guess a, a, a close personal relationship with competitors backstage. Yeah. Um, yeah, very often people will come to you after the show yeah. and, and they'll want to just start dissecting their performance on stage. Yeah. Do people come to you looking for advice about what they could do differently on stage? Well, th- one, of the th- one of the things I always say, yeah, yes, they do, but I'm very careful because um, whilst uh, over the years I've gained experience of looking at bodybuilders, and you know, both men and women, mm. and understanding what's required... I would never ever tell uh, a bodybuilder, male or female, uh, what they should be doing. Yeah. What I will say to them is that, you know, I might be telling you the obvious, but you really should kind of do a little bit more with your, you know, with the legs. Yeah. Because every bodybuilder, you know, that's kind of the thing they hate doing. Yeah. Uh, but I, um, but I mainly I only do that if they ask me, mm. if they say, you know, what do I look like? But one of the things I do say to them is this. The presentation is key. You spend all those hours mm. training. 
your choice of music is key yep. and your routine is key. And the number of bodybuilders today, and, and it hasn't changed, I cannot understand the music they put on for themselves. Now, okay, that's a good point. Music either being too heavy yeah. or too, too slow, low. Too, too soft, Absolutely. and it doesn't suit their physique no. and their, their posing style. No. Um, have you found over the years that the, uh, the choice of music, I think you know, back in the 70s and the 80s and the, probably the early 90s, um, people tended to choose more uh, family-friendly music. Yeah. These days, a lot of people are opting for the, the more hardcore yeah. style music, lots of swearing and... Well, we don't allow that in England. In fact, if anybody um, comes on stage and they've got a record with swearing in, we, we kill it. That's it. It can be a bit... Uh, we just stop it. It can be a bit embarrassing for people if their music's yeah. cut out halfway through. Yeah. Well, what we do is... Um, I can only recall in the last... In the last two years, I've probably had one. Yeah. You know, so what we do is say... You won't, that won't be played again in the evening. Okay. So, um, so they, you know, because... They get come on Eileen or something like, something like that. <laughs> get a penalty. <laughs> you know. Barbie girl. But it, yeah, and what's the famous... Uh, Waltz and Miltilda. Waltz we'll put that on, yeah. Oh, look, if there's any Australians with swearing <laughs> in their music, absolutely put Waltzing Matilda on. <laughs> they can come out and dance. Um, so how many more years do you think you'll be... Comparing the universe, well, is this? I mean, you know, you've, like I said, you've been doing it for twenty-five years, yeah. twenty years. To be um, honest with you, as long—I mean, as long as I'm capable and they're asking me—is the key thing. Well, I think they'll keep asking yeah. you for a while. You've yeah, always you. done a very, very good job. Yeah. How can people get in, t- in touch with you if they want to hire you? For they they can contact me on www.nigelgordonray.co.uk, and uh, I would. I'm prepared not only to do shows in the UK, but anywhere in the world. As I say, you once told me that if I ever got married, that's a yeah. big if. Uh, I shouldn't say that. Actually, my girlfriend might listen to this. Um, but if I get married, that you'd come over to Australia and uh, host the wedding. So is that, is that <laughs> offer still good? That offer is very good. Uh, you heard yeah. it here first. <laughs> that offer is very good. Might cost you a lot of money. but oh, That's <laughs> right. Look, you're worth it. You're worth it. All right. Look, thank you very much for sitting down with thank me you, today. Daniel. And I look yeah. forward to seeing you again tomorrow. Yeah. And uh, here's to many more years of the universe. Yeah, and uh, may I, at this point, wish you all the best with, you uh, with your comparing. And uh, I know you do a good job. I try. And I try. Uh, Actually, I, I, should, I should tell you something. The very first competition I ever, uh, I ever compared, I thought to myself, look, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to channel Nigel Gordon-Ray. I had a dinner suit yeah. and a bow tie. I came out and everyone's looking at me like, "What the? Hell? <laughs> what is this?" And I said, "Look, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. I know what I'm doing. I just sort of I got into the got into the mindset and just sort of channeled, channeled you. So that uh, yeah, that's when, a compliment. Thank you. When, whenever I'm, I think sometimes I'm, you know, I've only been doing it a couple of years now, but uh, whenever I'm needing a bit of a confidence boost, I just yeah. breathe and I think, all right, what would Nigel do? Yeah, and how would you approach the situation? That's very nice. Um, so yeah, you're definitely a uh, one of my one of my influences. Yeah. Thank you very much yeah. indeed, Daniel. Uh, well, thank you very and, much. Uh, for have a very safe journey home. I, yeah. I hope so. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully you know, uh, no more delays. I was delayed in Hong Kong for seven hours. Oh. So, oh. yes, so. I have to get a good night's sleep. Absolutely. <laughs> you take care. Right, thanks, mate. Thank you. Cheers.
What can I really say about Nigel Gordon-Ray? I'm a poet and I didn't know it. Oh, that's terrible. Anyway, um, he's such a gentleman and I, I love being around him. He always has a smile on his face. He's always cracking jokes and he's just so debonair about everything he does. Um, he's, a, he's a really... Uh, He's a very unique personality, but I, I, I do I do really appreciate the time we get to spend together, um, however little that may be, because you know I really only see him maybe once a year at most. It's been about two years since I've we've actually caught up, so I thought, look, I've got to take the opportunity to sit down with him and get his uh, his thoughts and his insights into the NABBA universe and, and the world of bodybuilding. So I hope you enjoy the show. Uh, next episode coming up is Tony Mount, professional Mr. Universe the reigning professional Mr. Universe uh, for NABBA. Um, Tony has a very uh, unique insight into the world of bodybuilding. And this is, you know, again, it's, it's a shorter conversation that I have with Tony because we were chatting him in amongst the uh, the registrations for the NABBA Universe. Um, but yeah, he, he's, uh, he's definitely a, a very grounded and, and down-to-earth sort of guy. Uh, and Nigel and, Gordon, uh, Nigel and Tony are actually quite good friends. Um, they were telling me a story... When Tony first started competing back in probably 2004, 2003, Tony uh, came up to Nigel after a show and said, "Oh, Tony, do you, you know, do you think I've got what it takes?" Um, sorry, Tony came up to Nigel after the show and said, "Nigel, do you think I've got what it takes?" And uh, Nigel just looked him up and down and said, "Look, you know, if you train hard and you you know you stay dedicated, you can you know, you could go right to the top." And ten years later. Um, you know, Tony was standing on the Napa Universe stage as a professional, and um, you know he still remembers that that advice or, the, or that you know that support he got right at the start. So, yeah, I like that. I think it sort of comes full circle that uh, the the good things you put out in the universe eventually come back to find you, and uh, I like that. Anyway, that's it from me tonight. Um, it's very <laughs> very late here in England. We've got the NABBA Universe tomorrow. Looking forward to that. We'll be uh, doing a lot on social media all day long. So look out for more episodes of This Is Bodybuilding abroad and enjoy the rest of your day, whatever you, whatever the hell you happen to be doing. Uh, I'm going to get some sleep. All right, signing off. This is Bodybuilding abroad. Bodybuilding abroad.